Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. God's hands. Amen. And that's the very area the enemy has been attacking your mind about is you're not going to get this. This ain't going to happen. This ain't going to go. This is why worry about the future when you put it in. You have put it in God's hands. Why worry about it? Ha <laughs> ha. That's it. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yeah, I'm going to keep my hand on you till that anointing is released. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just thank him. Just thank him. That's it. That's it. That oppression stops tonight in Jesus' name. That's it right there. That's right. In our sister right now. In Jesus' name. That's it. Now receive that. Receive that. In Mark, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over that. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost says don't complicate life. God makes it simple. He makes it easy. Let go of the past. Forget about the future. Live in the moment. Enjoy. Be refreshed. Be refilled. Let the anointing saturate your being. Hallelujah. No, the Spirit of God says you do not have to play catch up. Oh, that's a good word. I would have never considered that. You do not have to play catch up. No, just stand where you are and rejoice in that which you have. Do not try and play it. Do not listen to your adversary when he says, no, you've lagged behind. You've displeased God. Do not listen to the lies of your adversary, but be released from that tonight in Jesus' name. I like that. Hallelujah. There it is. Now receive that. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. And our sister right now, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the adversary which has tried to bring a storm into your home. And I say in the name of Jesus, peace be still in Jesus' name. And I say this storm shall not increase in its intensity, but tonight it shall begin to recede, begin to die, begin to leave. And I declare the peace of God shall come back into your home in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Devil, we take authority over you. Leave this household. Leave this family. Leave this home in Jesus' name. Now let the peace of God come upon her. There it is. Take a deep breath. There you go. There's that anointing going into you right there. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Lord, and my brother right here. I rebuke that attack against his mind. In the name of Jesus, I thank you right now that the peace that passes all understanding begins to encompass his mind round about. Devil, get your hands off of God's property. And in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Yeah, now I'll tell him that. You bet I'll tell him that. You know, you've said in your heart, you know, I believe there's a God. I know there's a God. I've heard about God. I, 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 I want to really experience God. God says, you're fixing to. You're real close to some major experiences in your life that's going to blow away anything you've ever experienced before. So you get ready. You get ready. You get ready. The Lord says, you shall experience that which you desire. 
You shall hear those things you desire to hear, see those things you desire to see, and even feel those things you desire to feel. And know that I'm with you. Know that I'm upon you. Know that I'm in you. And know that your life is in my hand. Saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Lord, and my brother right now, thank you for... Now, you're another one. You don't have to play catch up. No. You don't have... That's a good word for you too. You do not have to play catch up. Devil, get your hands off of his mind. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that the peace of God... And I, do, I rebuke that condemnation. You are fit for use. You are fit for use. You're not under condemnation. But the life of God, the peace of God, and also the anointing of God is upon you. So do not pull back, but press in like you never have before. And you'll see His blessing like you never had. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and worship the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. We praise your name. Thank you, Father. We glorify. We glorify. We glorify. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your name. Come on, just worship him, church. Just glorify him. Just exalt him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, someone else, there's, there's, there's another person here that, that you didn't come up in that. I don't know if you thought it was or not for me. I, I really don't care. But you suffered with some anxiety attacks, some, some, some panic that is trying. Now, 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 it's not something that's continual, but it's like it'll happen to you. Just like it'll, you can almost physically feel it come on you. And it's just, it just debilitates you. Well, you know, you don't have to live with that. If that's you, come up here real quick. Real quick. Make your way up here real quick. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That's you. I feel in my spirit there's one other, but we're going to pray for you. Just diagnosed you with that? Yesterday. <laughs> Be free. In Jesus' name. That's it. Be free from that. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, now that, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Be free in Jesus' name. That's it. Now receive that. Now receive that in Jesus' name. Be free from that now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Come on. Worship God. Glorify His name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We glorify your name. We exalt you, Lord. Hallelujah, we praise your name. Hallelujah, we exalt you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, who's got a message in tongues? Wave your hand at me. Glory to God. Go ahead, Ella, real quick. Now, you're taking new ground in the Spirit. You're pressing into those things which I have direct, 
directed you to do. You've stepped out and stepped into that which I've said belongs to you. Therefore, continue to press, for there's much, much, much more ground to take. Many, many, many more people that need to receive that which you have received, that desire to have the peace, the healing, the deliverance. Therefore, continue to press, continue to possess, for you are just in the beginning stages of possessing all that I say belongs unto you, which will come not only spiritually, but also physically and in the natural. So rejoice that your time of possessing that which belongs unto you has begun. So rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody shout to the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, do you love the Lord? Isn't God good? Samuel. Last week we were talking about the Apostle Paul teaching us. Romans chapter 6. Let me get there real quick. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 6. Let me just read the scripture there. Verse 19. Can I read it in the Amplified? I know we have many other translations available. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says, I'm speaking in familiar human terms because of your natural limitations. For as you yielded your bodily members and faculties as servants to impurity and ever-increasing lawlessness, so now... Yield your bodily members and faculties once for all as servants to righteousness, right being and doing, which leads to sanctification or holiness as it says in the King James. Now back to the King James verse 20. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. It says, what fruit had you in those things whereof you are now ashamed? What good did all of that do when you lived in sin? All of the twisting and jerking and, you know, <laughs> whatever you were involved in, all the chemicals you dumped into yourself, the alcohol. What, did it do you any good? No. It did you no good whatsoever to yield your faculties, your members. That's your, that's your hands, your, your, your senses, your eyes, your ears, all of that. Now, the point we were making last week, and I think it's a really good point, especially for those of you that have come out of a, a, a worship situation or a church in which any expression of your faith to praise or worship is suppressed. Don't shout. Don't say amen. Don't lift your hands. Now, that's, that's, not, that, that's not uncommon. That's pretty much the normal in Christianity today. Most churches that you go to, no matter how small or how large, you know, that, 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 that put the cross over their church and call themselves Christians, most of them are very suppressed when it comes to any type of expression of worship with their members. They don't clap their hands during songs. They don't lift their hands and worship to the Lord. Uh, nobody says amen when the preacher preaches. Have you ever noticed this? I'll give you, give you a good illustration. You ever notice how many pulpits are off on the side? You ever notice that? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because the word's not in the center of the church. Their denomination. 
Their belief. That's what's that's that that's the that's the balance beam. See, the word is in the middle of it's the balance beam of the church. How many know what I'm talking about? So so all of that is suppressed. They call it reverence. Now listen, God doesn't have problem with noise. You go read about God. God is a loud God. He thunders in the heaven, the Bible says. God is a loud God. You look at Israel under the old covenant, they praised him loudly. They worshipped him loudly. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 when the company met together after the suppression of the disciples after the miracle in Acts chapter 3, the Bible says they, op- they lifted up their voices when they began to pray. Listen, there's nothing about God that calls for us suppressing ourselves to produce some type of righteousness or holiness. That the, the quieter we get, the holier we are. Well, boy, the devil just loves that, doesn't he? I've said it for years, a moment of silent prayer never gets you anything. Sometimes you just got to get on your knees and say, Oh, Jesus! Anybody ever been there? If you've not, you'll be there one day. Amen? There comes times. Somebody said, Well, the devil's not hard of hearing, but sometimes he acts like he is. Amen? So, here's this, this, this exhortation, this revelation from Paul. Say, Now listen, you used to just go wild. On the inside of you was iniquity, sending out impulses that caused you to go crazy. We talked about smoking, how your body, the first time you ever smoked a cigarette, your body rejected that. But then why did you keep smoking? Because something on the inside of you was stronger than your flesh. Alcohol. Alcohol doesn't taste good. I remember the first beer I ever drank, I thought I got a rotten one. That's a That's beer? It didn't line up with the commercials. Back then they used to have all the beer commercials on TV with the, you know, the, the beautiful flowing rivers and, a, and this is so refreshing. And, and, you, and you take a drink and you thought, man, this is, like, give me, I need another one of those. That's a rotten one there, you know. And, well, that's rotten too, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was rotten too. No, no, there's, no, there's nothing good about it. But that iniquity, that force on the inside of you, that motivation, it, it, it rises up. Now, now there are people that, that, have, that have lived and died and went to hell and never drank a drop of liquor. Live and died and went to hell, never smoked a cigarette. But they still had the iniquity on the inside of them. You say, well, what was the deal? They learned how to suppress, to push it down. Maybe they saw alcoholism in their family and didn't want, it, didn't want to be a part of it. Maybe they saw uh, somebody in their family die of lung cancer that smoked tobacco. So they suppressed that. When the temptation came, they suppressed that. But now iniquity is not in you anymore. Righteousness, right standing, you're tied. You're joined together in Christ. Not just, not just welded to him some way. I, like, I heard, a, heard a, a guy give a testimony one time. He was a steel worker up in the Chicago area. And he was worshiping God. He was a pastor of a small church. He was worshiping God. He'd been studying redemption. And he said, Lord, I'm just so thankful. I'm just this old piece of scrap iron. Just worthless and no good. And here's Jesus, this most precious gold, pure gold. And you took and through redemption, you just welded us together. And I'm just well. And the Lord said, I didn't do that. He said, I didn't do that. He said, I took you old piece of scrap iron and I took my son Jesus, precious gold, and I melted you both down at the cross and poured out the new creature. Amen. I poured out the new creature. So that's what you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are connected to God just like Jesus is. You have the same connection that Jesus himself has. You say, but he's seated at the right hand of the Father, Pastor. So are you. You're risen with him and seated in heavenly places. You just have to have faith enough to believe it in the Word. And now on the inside of you is righteousness. The spirit man wants to just, just worship God, wants to open his mouth. It can't lift its hands high enough. 
It can't sing a song sweet enough. It can't run fast enough. It can't dance hard enough. It wants to just worship and magnify and glorify God. Amen. And what, and what Paul says is don't suppress that. You didn't suppress it when you were a sinner. You were willing to just go crazy for the devil. What's your problem now that you're a believer? Now, we were in a meeting. It was in Edmond, Oklahoma. And we were having a, it was about the third night. And it just seemed like every night the anointing was getting stronger. And this particular night, there was a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost, a tangible anointing. People were just dancing and worshiping God. And there were people laying all over the place. And, and there was about five or six people in the back. And, and one guy was standing there. He was just, you could just tell he was mad as he could be. And I didn't know, you know, I don't know why people go to church to get mad. But <laughs> there's a lot of other things in life that make you mad. I would, don't seek them out. Amen. So I walked back there. I don't know what, I just, crazy as I am, I just walked back there and got in his face. And I looked at him, and I said, you think, and I pointed around the auditorium, I said, you think all of this is just a big put-on. Just a big put-on. And he just gave me a nod. And you know what I did? I looked at him and I said, you're right. I said, that's exactly what it is. It is a big put-on. I said, all of these people are putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. They're putting on the, you know, they're not suppressing. I said, you're just back here locked down, pushing it down, suppressing it. About two nights later, he was back in the service, worshiping God, magnifying God, glorifying God. You say, why? Because that's what it is. It is a put on. It is the release of the suppression of your human spirit that wants to glorify, magnify. What do you think? When you get to heaven, you're going to go stand over in the corner and observe everybody? And do this? Amen. That's about as far as some people get. No, when you get to heaven, you're going to be running, shouting, dancing, glorifying God. You're going to run past grandma. You're going to run past everybody else because you know Jesus. There's Jesus. There's Jesus. You're going to be shouting and magnifying God. Well, Jesus said, pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you think you're going to wait till heaven to, re to remove the barriers, why don't you just go ahead and do it now? Amen. Now, let's look at something. How's my time? Oh, man, why do y'all eat my time up like that? Y'all need to... Go, let's go real quick. We'll get it started. If we don't finish, we'll pick it up next week. Here's David, 2 Samuel chapter 6. Now, let me, for you that like to do Bible studies, which I hope all of y'all like to study your Bible, there's also reference to this same story in 2 Chronicles chapter 15. And I'm going to kind of bounce back and forth, but I'm not going to have you turn there because there are certain things revealed in one not revealed in the other certain things in the other that's not revealed in the one amen but this is the story of David after the, after the defeat of, uh, uh, of Saul David's trying to get himself established as the king of Israel uh, the, the uh, Ark of the Covenant we know the Ark of the Covenant which had in it uh, Aaron's rod that budded uh, the, man, the, the, the pot filled with manna uh, uh, the tablets of stone uh, these very holy things, uh, they were, uh, the, the two cherubs were on top of it, uh, the mercy seat was in between, and, and so it had been taken, it had been, uh, uh, it was gone, and David had an opportunity to get it back, it had been come back, so they knew where it was, now notice, here in verse, chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, it says, again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000, 
And David arose and went with the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. Now notice this. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadad that was in Gabeah. And Uzziah and Aheho, the sons of Abinadad, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was by Gabeah, and accompanying uh, the ark of God, and Aheho went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries, and on temples and on coronets and on cymbals. Now, can you see this? They're getting the ark back. They're getting the ark of the covenant back. The most precious possession in the nation. Now, they go and they build this new cart and they put it on there. And here they're going back. Now, the, 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 the entourage, the parade is taking place. They're singing. They're shouting. They're playing on instruments. I mean, they're, they're, they're not holding back. Amen. They're having a party all the way down the road. They're having a Holy Ghost praise and worship service. Are you with me? It says, and when they came to Nachon's threshing floor, Uzziah put forth his hand uh, to the ark of God and took hold of it because the auction shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. Now, could you see that? Here we are at Island Church. It's a Sunday morning. The house is packed. We're praising and worshiping God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everybody's having a wonderful time, you know. And, and, and Brother Roland hits the wrong note on the guitar and falls over dead. Boy, that puts a kibosh on your praise and worship service, doesn't it? He's laying over there with his eyes rolled up in his head with his tongue hanging out. And you're thinking, what did we do? Where did we miss it? Now, you go over to 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and you begin to see that that was David's way of bringing the ark back. That he made a decision to build the cart. He made a decision to put the ark up, but it was not God's way. God had written in the law that when the ark was carried, it was to be carried upon the shoulders of the Levites. They were to be run through uh, the loops that were on the ark, the staves, so that they could put it up and carry it the right way. The point being made was, is when it comes to worship and praise and what we do or do not suppress or yield to, we have to do it God's way. And the only way to do it God's way is to do it by the standard of the Word of God. So much destruction has happened in the body of Christ because mankind has put his hands on the way God says do it. Number one, God is a God of order. When the Spirit of God begins to move, there is an order to it. I don't care how tangible the Spirit of God may be. I don't care how, I mean, I mean the anointing can come in like a cloud where you could cut a piece of it like a cake. It does not matter. There still is an order to God. There still is a way that you do things according to what I call divine protocol. I've seen people usurp that. I've seen people go around that. I've seen people try to do other things in other ways. And it has caused great destruction in the body of Christ. Amen. You know, I remember back when I was in Bible school, a lady came to, to, to uh, Lakewood. That, you know, everybody thought, you know, wow, this is God in great manifestation. She had uh, what they called the manifestations of the stigmata, which her hands would bleed, her side would bleed, her head would bleed. 
craziest thing you ever saw. And then she would have these manifestations. It looked like the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I remember one night when I was, I was sitting on the second row, and she called out 16 people. I'll never forget this. 16 people she lined up, and she gave every one of them a color. Color, a color, a color, a color, a color, a color. Brown, blue, red. She said, remember the color. I t-. So she said this to them. She said, go back to your chair and get your pocketbook. So right there, your antenna ought to go up and go, huh? Mm-hmm. Pocketbook. See, there's a divine order. See what I'm saying? So the people came back, she, and, she, and the lady went down the, down the road doing this. What was the color I told you? Brown. What color is your pocketbook? Brown. Ooh, everybody, ooh. <laughs> Amen. Went to the next person. What color is your pocketbook? Red. What color did I tell you? Red. Everybody, ooh. Went all the way down the line. She got down to the last person. She didn't miss one. Didn't miss one. Got every one of them right. Got down to the last person. Then she said this. Now there's an angel of prosperity hovering over the top of you. Now write me the largest check you can write out of your checkbook and God will bless you. Problem. It's not in the Word. So here I am. I'm a young Bible school. I'm watching this happen. There's great well-known ministers praising, worship God, thanking God for all of this. And I'm hanging around with a, with a, with a, a, a fellow. F.E. Ward was his name who was a, a, a prophet of God and, and wasn't no dummy. So I came, I remember going by his home on my way home to Galveston from one of these meetings. And so I'm telling him what's going on, telling him what's going on, telling him what's going on. And he looks me in the eye and he says, I don't care what, and he named three or four ministers, I don't care what they say, that's not of God, that's of the devil. I said, whoa. I mean, when somebody you know, does something that strong, that's pretty strong. That's not of God, that's the devil. And I said, well, Papa Ward, how, why do you say that? So he began to give me scripture in the Word of God. Then he began to tell me experiences he had had. When they were in Puerto Rico, some things they saw in Mexico of people that were, uh, uh, had this stigmata manifestation, and it was demonic. And it brought great destruction. Now, thank God for the wisdom of Brother Osteen. He was able to weather that, but many churches it destroyed. Then I remember after that, I'd been in the ministry probably about five years. I started going to churches, and there was this manifestation of gold dust. Everywhere, every church, we got gold. We don't know it's because God's producing gold. And so my, my, my question was, were there any gold coins we could pay the light bill with? Or did you ever scrape up enough dust to make an ounce? So you could tell, no, but it was gold dust. Gold, I see gold dust on y'all. See, and so here's the thing. Because it was yielded to by some people. Every church I saw that yielded to it is not in existence today. Let me give you another example. Brother Hagen, in talking about things flowing out of your hands, he said, when I first began in healing ministry, oil would flow out of my hands. He said, you know what I did? I'd stick my hand in my pocket. People would say, well, why'd you do that? It's not in the Word. It's not in the Word. When you start getting out into the spirit realm with worship and praise, many times the first thing that tries to show up is the devil. He'll try to counterfeit. He'll try to bring some false anointing. He can bring some feeling. Everybody, ooh, feel that. Ooh. Speaking of Brother Hagen, a friend of mine was in the car when this happened. They're driving down the road in this big old limo going to a service. You know, all these big preachers. They're driving down the road. And Brother Hagen's in the front, so all these guys are kind of sitting there like this. So he goes like this. Woo! They all looked around. He looked back at the back. He says, y'all feel that? Nobody dared say anything. He says they drove about 10 more miles. He did it again. Woo! He said, y'all feel that? And they just kind of sat there. He said, neither did I. <laughs> He's just messing with it. Because I tell you, the most gullible people in the world are a bunch of Christians with a feeling. 
You feel that? That's got to be God. It may not be God. Whether or not you feel it or do not feel it does not mean that it is or is not God. We don't trust God because of what we... Well, if I could just feel it, I'd lift my hands. If I could just feel it, I'd shout. If I could just feel it, I'd run around. No, no, we don't do that because of what we feel. We do it because of what we know. Your response to the Word of God is your... Or your, your response in praise and worship to the Word of God is what you refuse to suppress. I mean, I've been sitting there before and I've gotten revelation from the Word of God and I, it's caused me to want to... I remember I was in Hawaii one time. And I was studying redemption. And I saw something in my study. Leah was, Leah was flying over. We were fixing to do a crusade. And I saw this and I started running around my bed. And I thought, I'm going to jump out that window. But I was six floors up and I thought, well, maybe not. But just the knowledge of what was in the Word, I gave expression to that knowledge and that knowledge has never left me. I don't shout because of what I feel. If I did, there'd be very few times I'd shout. I don't run because of what I feel. There'd be very few times I'd run. I don't dance because of what I feel. There'd be very... No, people say, you have, it has to be tangible. You got to... No, no, no. We do not go get a new cart. We still live in the dispensation of the just shall live by faith. And if you're waiting for a feeling to praise, to worship, or to think you're healed, or to think you prosper, or anything else, you will miss God because we live by faith and not by sight. We live by what the Word says and not by what we feel. And it's 834. <laughs> Lift your hands up and worship God. We'll pick it up next week. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you tonight. Lord, we glorify your name. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.